0: Welcome to the wisdom of the womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Oh, I'm so excited about today's topic. It's really fresh on my mind right now, as this past week in my client calls, it has just been a constant celebration of goals achieved. And I'm really excited to be able to dive into that more with you today and give you tools to help you have the same kind of success. And, you know, several of my clients are, are mamas or want to be mamas, right? You know, mamas to be who come to me because they're not feeling their best. They want more energy to have more balanced hormones and to feel more at home in their body. And for so many of them, that means losing weight. And I am not a weight loss coach in that it is not the main thing that interests me when I'm working with women, but Most of the women I work with have it as a secondary goal. You know, maybe they come to me for painful periods or because they have PCOS and want regular periods and want to be able to ovulate and get pregnant, or maybe they come to me because they exclusively, you know, just want to improve their egg quality. And almost always when we're going through their comprehensive list of goals, whether it's 10 pounds, five pounds or 30 or 40 pounds, So many of them desire to lose weight, to feel more confident in their body and their clothes, to feel stronger, to feel like their physical body is a reflection of the health that they want to feel and that they're working on as well. And, you know, my clients in the last year have collectively lost over 250 pounds, which is so beautiful. Just this past week, one client reported she's down a pant size in just two months of working together, another 10 down 10 pounds, also a month into working together also while she's wrangling three kids under five years old. It's, it's impressive. And you know, the the beautiful thing is, is that one of the main ways I support women in weight loss is the same way I support them in balancing hormones? actually, a lot of the ways. you know, it's not just the thing we're going to talk about today, but it's a huge part of it. And that thing that we're going to talk about today that is one and the same of the way that we support women in hormone health and the way that we support them in feeling better in their body goes hand in hand with weight loss. And that is blood sugar balance, which goes so far to creating homeostasis in the body, which is, ultimately balance in the body. And when the body is at homeostasis, when the body is at balance, what we find is that not only does weight stabilize and it feels easy to keep weight off and it feels easier to lose weight, but also so much else starts to feel more in balance in the body. And so today we're talking about blood sugar balance. And while it doesn't sound that sexy, it's one of the most important things to have happening in your body for optimized hormones, energy, weight stability, and so, 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 so much more. I mean, I can't even express how critical hormone balance is, uh, or my bad, uh, blood sugar balance is also hormone balance is super critical. But yes, that blood sugar balance is for all things hormone related. And more. Um, and we'll also, you know, be sharing my best tips to achieve blood sugar balance. And I just want to name that, like, just, I think sometimes a lot of people miss construe blood sugar balance and they're like, well, I'm not, you know, s- super overweight. And so my blood sugar must be fine. I'm working with a woman right now who is a perfectly healthy, beautiful weight. And we're finding that so much of her nausea and like these almost like episodes that she would get were connected to imbalanced blood sugar because the way that she was eating just wasn't balancing her blood sugar, even though she had quote unquote a healthy diet. And so you don't have to be diagnosed with PCOS or have diabetes or, you know, be overweight necessarily to, to need to focus on blood sugar balance. And if you are in one of those categories, it's even more important for you to do as well, but truly one of the most important things that anyone can do for their overall health. And the thing is no one comes to me and says as one of their goals, Stephanie, I want to balance my blood sugar. (laughs) Never. But when we break down how we get them to their goals, right? The roadmap to getting them where they want to be, which might be having regular cycles without PMS or pain or having sustained energy or getting pregnant or losing weight or having a healthy pregnancy, having less cravings, having better and more stable moods and overall just having a better relationship with food. Blood sugar balance is almost always 9.5 out of 10 times on the roadmap that we create to getting them where they want to go why are these things so connected? So high blood sugar and insulin levels are linked to PMS, PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, heavy and painful periods, migraines, anxiety, depression, acne, and so much more. And I've actually personally found it to be the number one contributor to PMDD In my practice, and by stabilizing blood sugar, have seen clients come off of psych meds because they stabilized their PMDD so much that they no longer needed help with the psychiatric medications. Additionally, seventy percent of PCOS is due to insulin resistance, which is all about blood sugar balance, and can actually be reversed by reversing the metabolic chaos that ensues when your blood sugar is out of balance. So if you haven't already been bought bought into the idea of blood, stabilis- st- blood sugar stabilization is magic, say that five times fast, blood sugar stabilization is magic. I recently was speaking with a client who had no idea that her blood sugar needed support before we started working together, literally none. I mean, you could have like been picketing outside her house with like stabilize your blood sugar signs. And she would have just like completely not known that it was something that she needed to work on. And after a few months of working together, she thinks it is the best part of not only all the work that we've done together, but maybe all of the nutrition, anything she's ever done in her entire life. And this is a woman who has done a lot of work on her relationship with food and nutrition and figuring out what works for her. And this has been the absolute number one thing that she has ever done. So that was a long way of getting around to What? How? How? How are these things like? How is blood sugar so connected to hormone health? How is blood sugar so important for weight loss? For stabilizing homeostasis in the body? Well, first, let's start with what blood sugar has to do with hormone balance, because it turns out a lot. Right? We went over uh, this connected to PMS, PCOS, fibroids, heavy and painful periods, migraines. All of these things are hormonal conditions. So, the thing about blood sugar as it has a lot to say in how all of the other hormones in the body behave. So insulin is a hormone and insulin is very, is is like a direct correlation of your blood sugar health. And its main role in the body is to keep blood sugar levels stable. Okay. And the foundation for all reproductive hormones is built on cortisol. So the foundation for estrogen, the foundation for progesterone, the progestation hormone, the foundation for testosterone, all of this is built on cortisol, which is also a hormone. It's a stress hormone. And we're, we'll do another podcast focusing all on this very critical <laughs> stress hormone in the future and insulin. So it's all built on cortisol and insulin, which is a hormone that regulates the metabolism of carbohydrates, fats, and protein by promoting the absorption of glucose. So sugar from the blood into the cells of your body that utilize them for energy. So in short, what happens you eat, the food gets turned into glucose, then the pancreas We all forget about the pancreas, but it's very important. Pancreas produces insulin. Whose job is to take that glucose from the blood to use it for energy by your cells. Now, if all of the foundation for reproductive hormones, your estrogen your progesterone, your testosterone, your DHEA is built on cortisol and insulin. Cortisol and insulin are probably pretty good friends. They like to do things together, right? They're, they're, they share a lot of responsibilities, a lot of roles. And when we get stressed, remember cortisol is our stress hormone. When we get stressed, our blood sugar is impacted. And if our blood sugar is not stable, the body gets stressed and will create more cortisol. So we can kind of see how these close friends are very dependent on one another, right? We get stressed and our blood sugar is impacted. We get stressed and our blood sugar spikes. And if our blood sugar is all over the place, then the body gets stressed and it's making more cortisol. So this idea of stability and safety in the body is really important to understanding how insulin impacts hormone balance and overall metabolic health. So what I want you to do is imagine either a large mountain range silhouette, right? So maybe the Rockies, tall peaks, low valleys, okay? If nature isn't your thing, this is a slightly less aesthetic visual, but you could also visualize a heart monitor that you would see at a hospital. Maybe you see it on TV. It goes beep, beep, beep up and down, right? We see these spikes and we see these dips. We see these large mountaintops and we see these low valleys. When we do not have balanced blood sugar all day and even throughout the night sometimes, and sometimes I'll see a lot of people waking up in the middle of the night with this, We have these peaks and troughs, and we end up within an environment in the body that doesn't feel safe and stable. The body doesn't like being on these highs and lows, highs and lows, up and down, up and down. You know, this kind of is like a sugar high and a sugar crash, a sugar high and a sugar crash. So if you've ever had that experience, maybe when you were a kid or even more recently, where you eat a lot of sugar and you feel really high, but then you crash. Or if you're a parent or a babysitter, you know what this is like the thing is it doesn't just happen when you eat a bunch of ice cream or you eat a bunch of candy after, you know, after trick or treating on Thanksgiving or on Halloween or eat a bunch of dessert on Thanksgiving, this can happen with just when you eat too many carbohydrates, or if you're, you know, you're waiting in line at tartine and you eat half a loaf of bread. Once you get to the front of it, because you're so hungry and you worked up such an appetite and that's what you ordered, you know, the famous sourdough anyways, I digress. But when we have, this experience of these highs and lows in your body, what it translates to in terms of what it might feel like is hanger, inability to focus, anxiety, jitteriness, or feeling really tired after a meal. If you don't feel energized after you eat, if you feel tired after a meal, that's usually a sign that your blood sugar is not stable. And when we eat too much sugar and carbohydrates, it's, which is super common these days, so, so common. I mean, I don't know if it's because the food pyramid that we all grew up with had, has eating like five to seven servings of grains in a day. I, I don't get me started on that, but I see so many women eating a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs and what ends up happening then is then the pancreas needs to make more insulin because too much glucose in the blood is toxic and it sometimes even overcompensates to be on the safe side. And then we have a blood sugar crash and we end up on this roller coaster. We end up on these super high peaks, really low valleys, which makes the body feel unsafe. Okay. And I stress this, pun intended, because this is what. This is how I describe, this is like often the most basic, but helpful way to think about the body and its functions. Okay. Like let's look at ovulation as an example. A lot of work goes into producing an egg, right? It's a big deal to make another human, which is the initial function, like, which is the main function of ovulation. Right. And if the body does not feel safe to do so, it might not ovulate. This is why commonly your period is late on a month that you travel, because ovulation is delayed because your body's like, this is not the right environment. I'm a little bit stressed out. What is going on? This is why, if we are in a super stressful situation, you can go and listen to my conceptions story <laughs> around Burning Man, a super stressful situation. Body did not feel like it was safe to ovulate. So, I mean, this works in like the same mechanism is for weight loss. If the body does not feel safe. It doesn't feel safe to shed weight because it's stress. It thinks because of thousands of years of evolution that like stress means war, stress means famine, stress means hold on to all of this excess fat because you might need it, right? So it's really important for us to be functioning in our body, to lose weight, to have balanced hormones, to feel stable. The body needs to feel safe and blood sugar instability is in my opinion, one of the number one reasons the body does not feel safe. So now when cortisol and insulin are not happy, right, we have these stress hormones and the hormone that's responsible for dealing with the metabolism of carbohydrates, protein, et cetera, getting energy to cells. When these two hormones are not happy, the precursors to our reproductive hormones which are DHEA and pregnenolone tend to suffer. Okay. Which then cascades to imbalances with testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, and even melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. Also, it's the body's largest antioxidant and thyroid hormones. So now we can see the the path where, when we have cortisol and insulin, who are good friends influencing each other, creating this body feel stress situation they're responsible for the precursors to our main reproductive hormones those tend to suffer when the cortisol and insulin are you know in in crisis mode then we end up with imbalances of all of our reproductive hormones which equals hormonal acne painful periods infertility struggle losing weight you name it right so you really can start to see how blood sugar balance really has everything to do with hormone balance. Another thing it has a lot to do with is mood stabilization. Have you ever been hangry? Right. It's different than hungry. And some people actually don't know the difference about this. The same client that I was sharing before who thinks that blood sugar balance is the best thing that's ever happened to her. And she's never you know, known that before she didn't know the difference between hangry and hungry because she was so constantly in that blood sugar crash mode where she was always feeling hangry, but hungry is different than hangry. I can be hungry and not want to hurl my phone at my partner's head because he's humming, right? <laughs> but hangry, that's another story. <laughs> now, if you're on this blood sugar roller coaster. It's easy to be low-level hangry all the time, right? You might not be like, arr, arr, like monster hangry all the time, but you could be low-level hangry. It, it means you're like more sensitive to, to individual, like to little shifts in things. You're more tired, which affects your mood. You're more weepy. All of that can be impacted by your blood sugarization stabilization and it also impacts cravings this is another thing the same client like no longer craves carbs she no longer craves you know chocolate she used to eat chocolate after every meal and when you have blood sugar stabilized you get to feel free from the shackles of always being on this blood sugar up and down roller coaster game and you know when your blood sugar is stable we see these very gentle rolling hills, I mean, hills is maybe even a strong word, these little like mounds, um, as opposed to these dramatic spikes and dips, your body stops being in a constant state of feast and famine and goes into safety and security mode, which is also the feed and frolic mode, which is the opposite of fight or flight, which is the you know a huge reason why we struggle to lose weight. If we are always in fight or flight, feast and famine, your body does not think it is safe to shed weight. It's an evolutionary thing that's happened, right? Oftentimes when there are times of stress, it's also been followed by times of famine, times of food insecurity. And some of this is really interesting and actually does have to do with, uh, genetics and like where you come from and family experience and epigenetics. Like if you, you know, originate from people who experienced the potato famine, like that actually gets marked on your DNA and passed down through your lineage will create even a more challenging situation for you to, to lose weight because your body really needs to feel that homeostasis because it has imprinted on its DNA stress equals famine, save fat. And, you know, I think to some extent, especially nowadays, we've so many of us as we've, you know, mated with so many other kinds of people over thousands of years have somewhere in our DNA, this experience of food insecurity. So, you know, it's really, really important. That why blood sugar stabilization is so important for weight loss is because it's what is responsible for helping your body feel safe, and when it feels safe and can enter that state of homeostasis, weight loss actually becomes easy. So, I'm going to give you my best tips and for balancing your blood sugar so that you can achieve this for yourself. The first one is to eat within an hour of waking, and please, for the love of God. Do not drink caffeine on an empty stomach. Intermittent fasting has been so bad for so many women. And I literally cringe when I think about the fact that so many years ago, I wrote an article about intermittent fasting and like, you know, was like speaking it's amazing benefits. And then, you know, a couple of years later, when I started getting really into this, like women specific work, looking at the research, it wasn't studied on women and it's been so, detrimental to so many women and their blood sugar stabilization. So please don't intermittent fast. If you do intermittent fast, only do it on your follicular phase. It's like the one time that your body can probably handle it the best. Um, you know, and then like the drinking a cup of coffee is fine when you're intermittent fasting. It's like, Oh, it's like double whammy because caffeine spikes, your blood sugar. Okay. So switch out that cup of Joe for a cup of bone broth, and it'll do wonders for your blood sugar. So eat within an hour of waking, have a little bit of fat or protein. Please don't drink caffeine on an empty stomach. If you're going to drink a cup of coffee, do it after you eat or bulletproof it and um you know for some people they're like well eating a big breakfast within an hour of waking is too challenging for me i honestly recommend like literally starting with a cup of bone broth just like getting something that has some fat and protein in within an hour of waking is going to go a really long way to stabilizing your blood sugar the next tip i'm going to give you is no naked carbs all right what's a naked carb a naked carb is a carbohydrate that is not dressed This is kind of easy to remember. If you think about the fact that salad dressing is always, you know, something fatty, like an oil is not dressed and without fat or protein. Okay. So a naked carb is not dressed. How do you dress it? You add fat or protein to it. So a naked carb would be eating an apple for a snack alone. How do you dress it? No naked carbs would be an apple and almond butter, having a piece of bread just like plain, that tartine loaf that you're just going at, that is a naked carb. Add some butter to it. It's no longer a naked carb. A banana, naked carb. Having a banana and some cashews on the side, no longer naked carb. Having a date, naked carb. Date and tahini, date and prosciutto, not naked carb. You got the idea. The next tip is when you are looking at your plate of food. So maybe you have really awesome delicious crispy skin chicken thigh and then a really nice you know cute little sized sweet potato and a big um a big serving of broccoli and half an avocado on your plate okay that's your meal i want you to focus on eating the fat and the protein on your plate first does this mean you have to like completely finish the chicken completely finish the avocado before you go on to the broccoli and the sweet potato no, but have a couple bites of the fat and protein sources on your plate before you move on to the sources of the carbohydrate, um, to help stabilize your blood sugar. It kind of goes along with that no naked carbs bit, but basically fat and protein are the most stabilizing nutrients, macronutrients for blood sugar. And so we want to get those in first before we eat the carbohydrates and it's going to go a long way. The fourth tip is to not allow yourself to go too long between meals, especially when you're in balancing healing mode. Okay. So sometimes this means eating more frequent meals that are smaller. Sometimes this means just like making sure that you get those snacks in throughout the day, but you should not be going from like your 7.00 AM, you know, eating within an hour of waking till 2.00 PM with no food. If you're at the point where you're like, not hungry, not hangry, anything. And you're like really at a good place and stabilized with your blood sugar. That should be possible. But if you're in, I need to balance my blood sugar mode. We really don't want to go that long without eating the fifth tip. And this one is typically the most surprising for people because they don't realize how much starch they're usually eating is sticking to a half a cup of starch per meals on average. Listen, like I'm not going to be uh, the, the half cup police, but it can be really helpful to measure out what a half a cup looks like, because so often people don't realize they're oftentimes eating like a cup and a half of starch on an average meal. So if you go and get your half a cup measuring, you know, cup, and you measure out a half a cup of pasta or a half cooked or a half a cup of oatmeal or a half a cup of roasted potatoes or sweet potatoes or mashed potatoes, whatever, That's an average serving size per meal of which you should be ingesting starch. And if you're like, whoa, that's really small. And I'm typically coming in at like two or three times that it could be definitely a place for you to focus energy and intention too. And then the sixth tip for blood sugar balance is limiting refined carbs and sugars. Relatively self-explanatory, but refined carbs or carbohydrates that have been refined. So things that are made with flour is like usually an easy way of thinking about that and sugars, right? Am I saying like radically limit your fruit intake? No, especially if you're just not eating it naked, um, but refined sugars or even sources of natural sugars. Like if you're someone who's making a lot of DIY treats with coconut sugar and honey and maple syrup, it could still be worthwhile to examine our, if you're, you know, using those things as just like every day all the time, or if you're still monitoring them as just treating them like treats. So take these tips, try incorporating one a week and see how your life transforms over the next 2 months. I'd love to hear how your blood sugar balancing is going. Uh always feel free to send me a message on Instagram, Stephanie Adler Wellness, stephanie with an f. Uh it'll be in the show notes if you a lot of people spell it funny when they hear there's an f, but Stephanie S T E F A N I E Adler Wellness. And let me know how it's going. If you learned something on this podcast, please leave us a review. It helps spread the good word. And I'm ever, ever grateful. And if you're struggling with any of the conditions that we mentioned above PMS, PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, PMDD, heavy and painful periods, migraines, anxiety, depression, anxiety, or acne, or feeling stagnant with weight loss, please reach out about private coaching. I'm currently accepting a limited number of women to complete, you know, that will be completing our package before I go on maternity leave. So if you're ready to transform your life over the next four months or get on the wait list for the Well Woman Collective, which dives into this topic so much more deeply um, and so much more, please check out the links in the show notes or send me a message on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. Please remember blood sugar balance is the health hack that you did not know you needed, but now you do.